0: Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most
1: current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast.
0: You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don, or email them at JTandtheDon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome back to another episode of JT. And the Don, I'm the Don Zanato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart Radio app, and wherever else you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And please leave us a five-star review. Thank you for joining us for a special episode today for two reasons. One, it's an all-the-last-dance episode based on the ESPN documentary. And we have a first-time guest joining us to discuss it. But first, before we intro, introduce him. Let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today?
1: Oh, so what's going on? I feel like I better just shut up because I'm being sandwiched between you and then in the introduction of our guest. And <laughs> after they hear our guest, they're not going to want to ever listen to me again. So I would just gracefully get out of the way. And I'm going to let my man do his thing.
0: So you already spoke too long during the introduction, but that's what we're going yeah, to see, this is
1: see, this is exactly why I can't you do a keep, show with you.
0: You keep going on and on. I'll oh, get, get on with it. Let's go ahead, get to the guest. Bring them in. All right, so let's welcome in this first-time guest currently in Miami, but attended college in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Hopefully I said that right. Uh, graduating from Northeastern State University. He is our resident basketball expert and last dance expert for the documentary. Uh, This man hooped in college in the ABA and is now a basketball skills trainer who still hoops in uh, some tournaments. So let's welcome in Rob Givens. Thanks, Rob, for joining us. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Did did I say the right city in Oklahoma? Did I get that right? You did. You did. Good, good. I I had to look it up. I had to look up the pronunciation of it.
2: A lot of people butcher it really
0: bad. (laughs) (laughs) You got lucky because normally he will butcher anything he can't pronounce. Nah, I did my research on it today. So, (laughs) Rob, did I get everything right in the intro building you up? You did, to the T. Good stuff. I, will, I will
1: say, I think you forgot one other thing. I will say this because I personally know this. Uh, uh, me and Rob have hooped together quite often. He is probably the best basketball player. And I'm, I'm just not just blowing smoke. He's probably the best basketball player I've actually played with or against. And I played against guys that played in college. I played against pro athletes like Jordan Reed. This guy is probably the smartest and the best basketball player I've ever seen in person. And I think that if anybody is matched up on him one on one, I don't think there's anybody he can't beat.
0: JT, I know he's definitely better than you. When I was on his team playing, it was get him, give him the ball, and then just run to the corner and space out. You see, you see, you see, Rob. You see what
1: you see? What I got to deal with, man. You know what? I'm not taking anything else. I'm not taking no more from you. Whatever. All right. So let's let's get into it. This is what the people came for everything, the last dance documentary. So guys, I wanna know, I'm pretty sure our answers are all gonna be different, but what is everyone's just the biggest takeaway that you got
0: from this documentary? So Rob, as our guest, have at it, welcome to the show. Expert gotta go first. Yes, sir. (laughs) What I took away
2: was Jordan's win at all costs mentality. Like if you didn't know for the last documentary, it really showed that he was willing to do anything and above and beyond whether it was cussing his teammates out, playing on a broke foot, and just doing what it needs to be done to win, regardless of what anyone thought.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback off of that. I, I totally agree, Rob. And and listen, this is a disclaimer ahead of time. I'm not the biggest MJ fan. I think both JT and I will agree on that, that we're not his biggest fans. but yeah, his competitive side showed, uh, in addition to what Rob said, look at the high-stake poker uh, card games they had on the plane. I mean, they're, they're, you know, paying dishing out like thousands of dollars. The practices, the scrimmages, punching Steve Kerr, getting in arguments. Oh, I love
1: loved that part. See, of course you would. Of course you would. That was, would. Me, that was, that was would. the best storyline so the whole So disrespectful.
0: Any cheap shot you can take at Steve Kerr, see? You should like Jordan for that. But the scrimmages, like – you know, arguing with Phil Jackson over calls and then storming out. I, I mean, his competitive side for sure was even way more than I thought, Rob. And then the other side is, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the petty side of him came out even more than usual. I mean, some of the examples, LeBradford Smith of the Washington Bullets back then, why is MJ even concerned about him? He made up the story that the guy who dropped like 37 the night before told Michael Jordan leaving the court that night, nice game, Mike. And so then Mike had a chip on his shoulder for the next game. Bro, it's LeBradford Smith. I never heard of the guy before the last dance documentary. Like, is that the chip you need to have on your shoulder? And then going back to his baseball days when he visited the Utah Jazz for practice, Byron Russell, a rookie, you know, is having fun. It's MJ, hey, man, you shouldn't have retired. I was going to guard you. And then he holds that against Russell going into the finals. like all these chips he has on his shoulder. And you might say, well, that's what made him great. But I thought, Rob, and you're you're the athlete of the three of us, I thought there was that saying, if you need to get motivated for the title (laughs) game, something's wrong. Like, explain the pettiness of Jordan to me. I think Jordan, it became so easy
2: for him. He had to invent ways to challenge himself. It's kind of like, you know, I don't know if you remember Roy Jones. When he was just beating everybody up, he would just toy with them, you know, and like, so like, this time Michael Jordan was he just got bored, so he had to create scenarios to where he could challenge himself, even though it was LeBradford Smith. <laughs> so, I just that's why I feel like, but even, no, even going, I agree
1: with him on that though. I think Jordan even said it at points in the documentary. You can tell he was getting bored with, you know, basketball, like, he did have to create ways to keep himself motivated. But no, I didn't mean to cut you. all. go ahead. No, no.
0: No, I was just gonna say. But even though those those two finals against the Jazz, I don't think those came easy. So wh- what was the additional motivation? You're going five for five, six for six. To me, we always talk about, man, if you need bulletin board material for the Super Bowl, you know something's wrong with you. Like what? What's wrong? But you're talking.
1: But you're talking as a guy that's never been there. They had been there like four but, times, but JT, four or five he, times. If he's asking, I, and plus, I mean, it, I'm I'm gonna let you go. But no, no,
0: go ahead, go ahead. No,
1: I mean, they had been there so many times. And then also, too, I think, this is not my biggest takeaway, but I think another thing you saw was, and obviously I don't think a lot of people got to see it in the moment, Jordan was so mentally exhausted from the whole pursuit of, you know, just being greater than everybody that was in the league and the guys that came before him. Like, he was on a mission, and I just don't think he knew, like, like where the end was. It was just as long as I can do this, I'm going to keep winning as much as I can. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to win as many times as I can until there's nobody that can catch me. So I think the motivation also came from his just mental fatigue as well. I mean, Rob, you tell me if you agree or if there's another reason why he just needed to invent new ways other than being bored.
2: Sometimes, you know, guys just like competition within themselves. Like there's sometimes when I was in college, there was a, we had a college, we had a run called the end in run. I don't know if you remember what that was. I would just run as fast as I can in front of everyone. So they couldn't catch me just because I was bored of the type of conditioning we were doing because it was easy. So you invent ways to challenge yourself. You know, Byron Russell, he probably didn't mean it, but he was like, well, I got to go with it, you know, because I got to challenge myself. When you, he played, when it came to the last dance, what was in like 14 years at that point, that's a long time to be playing at a comp- at a high level every game. Like you're getting everyone's best shot, And you got to invent ways to come with it every game, because he said people come there to watch him be great every game. And he don't want to leave with somebody say, well, he is not all that I thought he was going to be.
0: So I get that. And JT, before we move on, I'll throw this question out to the two of you. Then how does he internally justify? He said he made up. That, hey, nice game, Mike. LeBradford Smith never said that. So, like, even internally, if you're motivating yourself, you know you're lying to yourself. I I don't get that. Like, how do you find that motivation when you know you're lying to yourself? Or do you think he's so competitive that he just ingrained that in his mind and started to believe that LeBradford Smith said that to motivate him the next night? It's kind of one of those things
2: where you believe
0: your own lies, you okay. do it so much, you believe it,
2: <laughs> you know. So, and then one, I like just us feel like we're athletes. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you guys move. You guys can this yourselves, you know. But um, once you start, and some people just he just may be a crazy person.
1: I think he's crazy for sure, you know. <laughs> no, nah, but kind of to piggyback off of what you guys said, I think those are everyone's, you know, main takeaways getting a look at like the maniacal genius that is Jordan. I think. To add on to that, my main takeaway was just, you're right. We're we're not the biggest Jordan fans, but we definitely respect his game. We respect him as, at the very least, a top two great. I was just really taken back by, I knew Michael Jordan was a big celebrity, but I think this documentary really put it in perspective of how big of a celebrity was worldwide at a time with, you know, like no social media, the internet, for part of his career wasn't even around there was really no aau at least to the point where it is now and he really just became this superstar that was if you want to be be honest and call it what it is he was really on the level of michael jackson and in america like people loved him like oj and for him to get to that point with just the play of his game is that was just the biggest takeaway to me. i just I just don't see how somebody could do that. That's damn near impossible. And
0: I think it's just a testament to how good he was. So so can I ask this question to you guys? And I know we're going off script a lot here, but it's just so fascinating to me. I kind of believe it the other way. I think it was easier back then to be a worldwide celebrity. And you might say, well, that's impossible because of social media. I think we get so bombarded and clouded with social it's media. It's like overkill. It's overkill. When Jordan made the CBS Evening News, it was a big deal because that's all people would watch. That was the only thing on, right? The Today Show in the morning. Like, they used to have sports on it, like, in terms of sports stories. And the other thing is, remember, like, Sports Illustrated. If you didn't have it, like, that was your way of seeing a lot of the stories. Felipe Lopez, he would get lost in the wash today but back then, a freshman going into St. John's on the cover of Sports Illustrated, you knew, wow, that's a big deal. Just like when LeBron was on the cover, that was a big deal because it wasn't through social media, it wasn't on YouTube of this guy dunking, you were on Sports Illustrated. And I think that's why, in a way, it was easier for Jordan to stand out back then. Uh,
1: I, I don't know. I kind of disagree with that. I just think it's harder because the NBA had so many stars at that time and, like, before he came in, when he came in, and then when he became dominant. It's not like, oh, the NBA was, you know, nobody knew what it was, and then Jordan came in and all of a sudden got popular. Like, he had to supplant some big-time, all-time names to become this legendary figure. I, but I will agree with you on this point, and then we'll go on to the next one. I think the easier part of the era that you're talking about, as far as being famous, I think when there's no overkill in access to media – I think it's easier to build, like, the mythical part of your fame. Like, people were just like, oh, we saw it in the, in the newspaper. We saw it on Sports Illustrated. This shit must be true. And then, you know, you actually see him play maybe one or two times. and You're like, okay, like, all right, I believe it. Rather than, all right, now today you can get your game picked apart on YouTube, like, 24-7. True. But, okay. but with that being said, obviously, uh, well done documentary. Uh, I feel like it should have been longer than 10 parts. But, I mean, you got to stop at some time everybody wanted more of this documentary, but what do you guys, what did you guys not get from this documentary that you, like a storyline that you thought you would get more of, or you were kind of disappointed that they didn't address it?
0: Rob, you're the man of the show. Okay. So I'm going to have you read off, <laughs> man.
2: <laughs> One, I, I feel like they could have went more into Ron Harper, how big of a part of the team he was because in Phil Jackson's triangle offenses, it has to have big point guards. And Ron Harper was traditionally a two-guard, but he he transcended into a point guard because he's a big – he's 6'6", and Phil Jackson's point guards, with every team he's had, he's always had big point guards. Because whenever he went to the Lakers, Ron Harper was there too when they won two out of the three championships he was there.
0: Yep. Yep. That is true. Uh, JT Rob, I've got to go. I wish they they went more in depth with the end of – of the run meaning what happened after the 98 uh, championship because they build up nine and a half episodes, right? To Jordan's last shot, nine and a half episodes. And then the exit is two minutes, Reinsdorf and MJ on what happened after the parade. And that's it. Like that's still part of the last dance. And that's what I wanted to know. Like, did you even ask Scotty if he would want to come back? What about Steve Kerr? Where was Luke Longley in this documentary? He was a huge part, speaking of the triangle offense. You need to have a good center. It doesn't need to be Shaq, but they needed to be a good center. And then, like, you know, did you ask Judd Bushler to come back? Like, none of those questions were asked. Nobody's asking
1: Judd Bushler to come back.
0: And and why didn't you ask Reinsdorf, like, why did he let Jerry Krause say that stuff at the beginning of the 97-98 season? You're the owner. Like that all ties in at the end, and they just kind of fluffed it off. Like, oh, we said at the beginning it's all Jerry Krause's fault, and it goes away. Like onto the you know Jordan's retirement. I wish they would have went more in depth with how it actually ended.
1: But do you think that was difficult? Because I felt like there was there was a a challenge with how they were doing the story. Like they were trying to tell that last season, and then trying to get everything else involved to make this a full documentary. So. I don't know, Rob, you tell me. You think, you, I think that was, like, really challenging, but I think they got in as much as they could without, like, overkilling it.
2: Yeah, well, one, they said – I saw an article that said Luke Longley didn't want to be a part of it. It's not his style to talk about, like, other players or talk about basketball. He's kind of a low-key person. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but they said because the COVID, like, they hadn't even finished episodes, I think, 8, 9, and 10 when the first two episodes had started. So maybe they had production wise, they didn't have enough time to do stuff. But like if Jordan wasn't the documentary about him, no one would watch it really. Like, no one cares what Judd Bushler, like what he thought about coming back. Like, what? you know, it,
1: Well, Donato cares. Donato well, wanted to know it, what happened it, to Judd Bushler. He wanted not, to know how much money he got in his next deal. He Donato
0: cares. Not but, see, well, some people care. But that's not well, my I wanna hope. say
2: he went to the Pistons afterwards.
0: But <laughs> Maybe he did. I, that was one. Answer. That was one I didn't look up. But it wasn't because I want to know what Judd Bushler said. My thing is, they just acted like it just all ended, like Jordan. It was a planned retirement, and like you know, it was the end of it. Like it, it was, was really possi- complicated. It was complicated. It was possible to come back. Go into that. Like that's the part that we've never heard. We've never understood, and they didn't really go over. Like we knew the history. And you never, with the bad you boys.
1: never will, because. And this this is why this question was hard for me because it's an autobiography. Jordan is the one that's has all the footage. He's the one that's managing the storyline. He's he's managing the narrative. The dude has final cuts. So I think if they would have went beyond that, I think it would have made him look kind of bad. Because I already thought that the what he what he showed in the last episode kind of made him look. I was shocked. I'm like, you're the best player that's ever lived, maybe in any sport. How do you not talk to the owner of the team? Like, how do you not have more say on? what goes on upstairs so I think he didn't do that because he didn't want to show himself in a negative light but it's hard for me to because there are some things I really wanted them to go into and obviously just as as the story goes on like knowing that it's an autobiography I should have known that I wasn't going to get these like I really wanted to know more about the whole gambling Um, I wanted to know more about the situation with his dad I wanted his his family to be more involved like I think his kids were in there for like 30 seconds and you didn't see anything from his, his ex-wife or anything. Like those people were around in turgical terg- parts what was going on. And I just think the fact that when you learn afterwards that like they weren't even filming his house. And I was reading the director said Jordan wouldn't even allow them to come on the plane, like his private plane. So just showing that how private Jordan is in something where he has total control, I just, was dumb to expect to get some of this. But those are the things that I thought I wanted to see more of, just the things that people really want to know. Like, was the gambling really an issue? Was it related to that that year off that was supposed to be a secret suspension? You know, like what really happened? So I, those are the storylines I really want to get more of. So with that being said, obviously there's, you can't put everything into this documentary, but we did get, like we said, we did get a lot of good things. Um, I'm really curious, what you guys thought of the interviews and all the people that actually did decide to come on and talk. So like between the guests and like, let's say like the storylines, like what was your favorite either interview from a particular person or a storyline or both, which one of those did you guys enjoy the most? Rob? Um, I
2: like the Reggie Miller because he didn't back down from Jordan. I liked hearing that from him because a lot of people were scared of him you know, and that was just in a battle in itself. It just already, he had already won when just people would be scared of him. And he I la- called and he I called like him Black Jesus.
1: You don't think that's backing down from him?
2: <laughs> no, he just said he wasn't gonna call Michael Jordan. He called him Black Jesus. But he was like, I'm gonna, when we play, it's gonna be a battle. And that's how you know how sure. it should be. The person, Reggie Miller's storyline, the Scottie Pippen storylines where he quit on the team. <laughs> I like, you know, and him him saying he would do it again.
0: That, yeah, know,
1: yeah like, that was the, crazy. I would be so curious, Robert, if you were in that situation, and you were a teammate on that, like on that Bulls team at that moment, and it's the end of the game, and Scottie Pippen just says, "I'm not going back in." Like, what? What's your immediate next move when you guys get into that locker room?
2: Uh, me, <laughs> What I did to my teammates, <laughs> I, I used to cuss them out. I'd be like, "Yo, oh, that's why you guys, eff and suck," you know. <laughs> oh, that's why. That's why you are at where now, you know. And then I probably. Me personally, I probably was like, yo, oh, you know, I know people make mistakes. You know, I've made my fair share. You know, on the basketball court as well. As far as not quitting, but do, being able to do more as, in a leadership role. And I, me personally, I probably would have talked to him, you know, man to man. I would not in front of cameras. I probably would have waited till all the cameras were over and we got to have a conversation face to face.
1: And then you'd have messed them up when the cameras weren't around. <laughs> 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 now nah, because
2: my hands
1: or anything like that <laughs> right, Rob said no evidence <laughs> a, uh, yeah, <laughs> what's your what was your favorite
0: um favorite storyline I don't know if it's a storyline but I just loved in 1998 the behind the scenes stuff and in, in JT we talk about this all the time seeing them on the airplane playing cards joking around uh in the locker room You know, before games, even I even enjoyed parts of before the game, MJ talking with the security guards, kind of ripping on other guys, you know, in the hotel after game six of the 98 finals was cool where he's playing on the piano. So I enjoyed all that behind the scene, the true documentary style of of that portion of the storylines. And then maybe the interviews I enjoyed the most, I think B.J. Armstrong, I think he kept it real and he had some good insight and then the dude looks like he can still play right now in the nba like he can go on the court and ball so i, I enjoyed can, listening to this B- sure. <laughs> i enjoyed listening to bj armstrong
1: right you think you can beat bj armstrong one on one right now no
2: don't <laughs> <it at him.
1: laughs> um, <laughs> storyline i would there are so many good storylines in this um I would say the storyline that I enjoyed the most was probably just the part where it covered his, like his part in uh, his career in baseball. It's because I really didn't know that much about it other than he went to play baseball. And then if you just go off of like what the media was at that time, everybody would lead you to believe that he sucked. Like he was just terrible. Like it was like Tim Tebow out there, like just striking out every time, but just get into here. But I'm gonna say this with a grain of salt. It is an autobiography. I don't know what, the true 100% opinion of is of Michael Jordan as a baseball player but I would say just you know like Terry Francona saying like hey look he could have made it to the majors like I didn't know Jordan was ever that good at baseball just because of what the media said but that was probably a real interesting storyline and then also the the whole thing with like how they how they were uh, filming Space Jam and then they built like that Jordan like gym for him and he like basically never slept and then, like, that's so cool, like to be the best player on the planet. He's like, all right, I still want to invite all these all my friends out here to whoop their ass after I'm done filming. So those two are probably the best storylines to me. And I'm probably gonna regret this, but my my most enjoyable interview was Steve Kerr. And yes, I know I get on Steve Kerr a lot. What? But- I can't
0: believe you just said that. It took me a second to process <laughs> that. <laughs> we'll process
1: it, be quiet. Yes. Get, get this on tape, I'm saying it. but no um i really did enjoy the steve kerr uh interview just because i think everybody just automatically assume like oh jordan was this bully he was but i mean like it's always like oh he just punched Steve Kerr in the face and just from having this hearing steve kerr's story like how he didn't get recruited out of high school and like his dad passing and him literally having to scrap for everything he got as an athlete including getting to the nba and he just that was like the first time i saw him in that space where i felt like all right now i could put my stamp on it when i hear steve kerr you know speak up on certain things especially like social issues i feel like he's at least coming from a genuine place so he definitely gained some respect from me like as a like from a personality perspective just being able to kind of let him let us into his you know basically his life story i thought that was probably the best interview and then John Stockton was probably a close second because to Rob's point, Reggie Miller didn't back down from Jordan. And I think the jazz were in that same boat. Like John Stockton was like, yeah, it's Michael Jordan. Like we can't play scared. Like he's just another guy. Like if you play scared, you're not going to beat him. There's no way you can win. So those two guys just, I've never really seen them really open up like that before. It was really enjoyable.
0: True, true. Very good points, JT. Um, and can we burn that? Can we burn that? Because nope, I don't want nope. that. I what don't want do you that always circulate on do you, the internet? No, no. What do you always tell me? We got that on wax now. We got that on wax now. All right. Wax can burn. <laughs> Why does Jimmy <laughs> hate di- Steve Kerr? Yes, exactly, Raw. He has, I know you've listened to the show, but I always like to summarize. He has four villains in the history of sports Dave Gettleman, Steve Kerr, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and who's the fourth one Jimmy because I, I don't know you made up this super list uh, I, I forget the fourth one now but it's the Gettleman. fourth one
1: the fourth one is interchangeable depend on depending on what's going on that week
0: <laughs> but those are the three for sure Kurt Gettleman Aaron Rodgers anytime those come up he's blasting them no matter what but uh no great points uh JT there that uh you know the curse stuff I mean just really interesting and um so yeah I mean good good stuff but now, guys, let's get into the nitty-gritty, the real stuff of what we want to talk about, all right? So, Rob, who looks the worst? Like, who looks bad from this documentary? I feel like Pippen and Kraus look the worst, whether it's deserved
2: for Kraus, but Pippin looks really, really bad, especially when he said he would quit again if he had the opportunity to came up again.
1: Yeah, I didn't get that I... – he had a chance to, you know, say I made a mistake. He's like, I'd do that shit again. <laughs> I <didn't> get that. <laughs>
0: it's
1: like, the answers on the cue card just really was written down. <laughs> JT, what about you? So I figured one of you guys would go with Krause or Pippin. So I, I feel like they were like easy targets. This was tough for me because a part of me wanted to say inadvertently Phil Jackson looked bad because, I don't know, I feel like he could have. He seemed to have, like, a heavy influence on Michael Jordan. And I feel like he just kind of let that last season be like, oh, you know, it's the la- it's our last dance. Like, let's go off into the sunset. I believe if if Phil would have convinced Michael to come back for a seven, I believe MJ could have convinced other people to do it too. But I'm going with uh, Jerry Reinsdorf, and it's got to be him. If you're blaming Krause, you got to blame the owner. So, first, you have the best player of all time. And he's still playing, like like you said, Donato, at an elite level. And, yes, I, I don't want to slight Jerry Krause because I feel like this documentary really doesn't show how good of a GM he actually was. Like, he was really good at his job, and that's the reason the Bulls were successful as well. But you chose the GM over the talent, and I don't get that. And it's not just, you know, this one time. They consistently had situations where the owner chose, you know, the GM – over the talent and they let it be known in public that they were having all this riffs. And I just can't believe like you let that kind of stuff get out. And you don't have that relationship with a guy or a player that's as big as Michael Jordan. And if you look at it, like from the documentary perspective, like all that dysfunction, it was bound to end that dynasty at some point. And you look, it's still going on today. I mean, the bulls are still a dysfunctional organization. Like they still have, you know, coaches and you know front office management going at it today and I just can't believe and especially that last episode if Reinsdorf is if it's true that after that after that sixth title he went to MJ and Phil and was like look we went to Phil and said hey let's do it one more time like why why would you wait to the end to try to do this again when you already said at the beginning of the season it's going to be Phil's last year he can go 82 or no he's not coming back I just don't understand how you had something so great and you just let it falter because you chose Jerry Krause over what was actually making you win.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, he's definitely, you, you've laid out a good argument for it. He's definitely a guy that kind of looks bad in this, in this as well. I'm going to, I agree with Rob. I, I have both Pippin and Krause written down Pippin for the exact reasons you said, Rob, The the worst part, he said he wouldn't change anything. Like, How do you not learn from your mistakes? So totally agree there. And the other part, he delayed surgery going into the 97-98 season, which that doesn't come across as a very good team player. Not only did you do that in 94 with the Kukot shot that you stayed on the bench, but now you have a chance to redeem yourself, get surgery in the summer, be ready to go by October, November. He gets surgery like right before the season. So – and knowing it's your last year, like, with Jordan, I, he, he comes off bad. And they make Kraus look bad. But I'm going to defend Kraus because, Rob, I agree. He looks bad in this. But I think they, they personally go after him and make him a villain on purpose. Because
1: the, the players don't like him.
0: Well, no, it's not that. It's because it's coming from Jordan. Because at the end, and this is where I give a lot of respect to Pippin And, Rob, you and I are going to disagree, Jordan, every day of the week, and twice, on sun, <laughs> and twice on Sunday, I respect his game, but I'm not a fan of his. One, I was a, a bad boys, Pistons, Isaiah guy growing up, even though I was still super young. I was on their super side. Super short. Over, still am. Over the Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> over the Bulls. But then, two, I just don't like how just everyone loves them. It's just presumed everyone just loves them. Guy can't do anything wrong. No one's like that. So (laughs) this is the thing. This is the thing. Pippen admitted at the end, he played with the greatest player ever, the greatest coach ever, and the greatest GM ever. That took a lot for Scotty to say the greatest GM. Jordan doesn't even admit he's any good of a GM. Yo, he got you, Pippen, in a trade. He drafted Horace Grant. And then people forget his work wasn't done. He ends up building a second team of a dynasty, basically, Kerr. Who ever heard of Kerr? JT just went through it. Like he wasn't even recruited coming out of high school. You go get a guy like Kerr. He had the foresight to see overseas Tony Kukoc. Then he's able to bring in Rodman and keep him there three years. Now, yes, Jordan and Phil helped, you know, kind of keep Rodman together, but it was Jerry Krause that brought Rodman in. So anyway, I digress from that. Krause can't defend himself. He's been deceased, you know, unfortunately since 2017. So like, he can't defend himself. And why throw in that footage of them making fun of his weight, of his height? You know, MJ's like, oh, why don't you come in the layup line? We'll lower the hoop for you. Like, bro, this is the GM. And that's not joking. Like, if you are, if JT, if you say that or Rob says that to me, we laugh it off. Like, you know, I feel like we're boys.
1: We're, okay. We're joking. Hey, you heard, we're heard joking what he said. <laughs> He's giving us a list of things we can say to him. And he'll just laugh like, it off. I'm writing ju- this down. I'll laugh gave it the off. Green light. <laughs> green I, I light. gave
0: you the green light. Like I'll laugh that off, but MJ saying it to Krause, that's just disrespectful. And they didn't but need to include, they could have just said that, hey, you know, we ripped on him. Like it's because what he said about Phil, they didn't need to show those little jabs. Like the dude's not here to defend himself.
1: But Krause also did some stuff too that that was his own fault, like him coming out publicly and you know, with the whole Tony Kukoc thing and just saying little things like throughout his time as a GM. So it kind of goes both ways. Like it was Kraus. It was okay when he was doing it back then when he was a GM. So why is it not okay but, for Jordan to do it now?
0: But that is fine. But you didn't give him any credit either. It took everyone else—Phil Jackson, Reinsdorf, and Pippen—to talk about that. You never well, showed it there. Like you didn't well, show it in the documentary. When the director of doesn't like you,
1: you're not going to be painted in
0: the positive but, light. And that's, that's why. Like and that's why I'm defending Jerry Kraus here. And in in the last thing is, you're right, JT. Like they made Kraus the villain, but at the end. It's, Ryan, it's Reinsdorf. Yeah, Reinsdorf has the last say, So I, I agree with you there. He doesn't look great either. But I'm defending Kraus, even though I agree, Rob. Pippen and, and Krauss look bad. And this is one more thing
1: that I don't understand. Because I truly do believe, like I said before, I believe Phil was done. I believe that he was just like, you know what? This is too much of a headache. They've tried me already. Let me get out of here. How does Reinsdorf not go to Jordan and say, okay, you can't have Phil. Who else do you want me to go get to coach you? Well, like, get, how do you not have a conversation? You, you're, jumping,
0: you're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. We we can get into that in the next one. All right, man. Hurry up. I can't wait to talk you're about jumping that. Ahead. So real quick, real quick, real quick. Uh, Rob, I'll go to you first. Did Has Pippen's reputation taken a huge hit because of this documentary?
2: Uh, I think it's still the same because people that follow basketball and following it back then already knew what he did. Yeah. So I don't think, you know, it really, yeah. like, most people see Pippen in a different, like, off the court than what he did on the court with his personal life than what he did on the court.
0: True, true. JT, what do you
1: think? Yeah, I, I agree with Rob. I mean, not a real huge hit. A lot of people know what happened. I mean, I look at it this way. He was a top 50 player before the documentary. I think people still feel that way about him now. So, yep. I mean, not yep. much has really changed. If anything, I feel like the only thing that maybe took a little bit of hit was, I think, his mental toughness, maybe that, that how people feel about him being mentally tough, maybe like lower now, but other than that, I don't think he's the same guy.
0: Yeah. So I agree with you guys. I think true basketball fans, nothing's changed. We, we knew about the whole staying on the bench. Um, we kind of learned a little bit about him delaying the surgery, but we knew Pippen at times, you know, could kind of be, you know, whine about things and, you know, be about himself. But, I think the one difference is, though, Rob, with the younger generation, this kind of – I don't think the younger younger generation knew about some of these things. Like him not performing three playoff series in a row against the Pistons, what was that, 88, 89, and 90, and then delaying the surgery, and then the crew coaching. I think the younger generation didn't know, and that's where I think his reputation takes a hit a little bit, but, but still not a lot because what he did on the court, you can't – I mean, you can't duplicate, duplicate especially with that dynasty. So, speaking of dynasties, Rob, who should be blamed for the end of it or it, or the breakup of that Bulls dynasty in the 90s?
2: Uh, like Jimmy was saying, I, I feel like it was Ryan because. When you're the owner, you have the final say whatever anybody says. Like if I have a manager that's underneath me and he wants it done this way, but I want it done this. My it's me it's me personally. It's what I say goes. I'm the one signing the checks. So what I say, and I feel like it ultimately comes down to him. <laughs>
1: well you, you heard it from him if rob ever gets in the position to power on this show we are done <laughs> if he starts signing our checks we ain't gonna be able to say nothing <laughs> no I, I agree with you man i've already kind of uh hinted to my answer i'm actually gonna throw jordan in here too i think it's ryan's dwarf and stealing jordan. my
0: thunder bro stealing yeah, my thunder i think it's
1: both of them just for what you already said like ryan's he's the boss like whatever you say goes, and. You, Jordan, how do you not, as the best player ever in basketball, how do you not talk to your the, the owner of the team? Like you guys should be best buddies or at least have an open line of communication. I don't understand how if you really wanted to win a seventh title, like he said, you go to him and say, Look, all right, give me give me this. This is what I want. And Ryansdorf is gonna be like, All right, I'm I'll make it happen. It seems really simple. So to me, they're both to blame.
0: So Yes, Reinsdorf can obviously be blamed here. I'm not going to disagree. But I'm going to say a majority of it's MJ. And this is why. Hear me out, Rob. Hear me out before you jump jump down my throat. <laughs> so Phil, and I agree, JT, I think Phil wasn't coming back no matter what. Even if Krauss at the beginning of the year was like, Phil, let's work out a deal right now. I think Phil saw the writing on the wall that he couldn't keep Rodman down that much longer. And Rodman was getting older. This team was getting older. And He's MJ – and, and, Yeah, Andy was burned out. And, but it's because of all those reasons stated. So what killed that dynasty, though, was when MJ said he would not play for any other coach. That did it in. Because if he wanted to come back, regardless of what Phil was doing and regardless of what Krause said, Reinsdorf would have brought Jordan back. There is no way he could have kept the team and lived in Chicago if Jordan had said, I want to come back, and Krause and Reinsdorf are are like, no, we're rebuilding without you. There's no way that happens. So if he's like, hey, I'm on board, but you got to get pieces and you got to get coaches. So let me help you with that, JT. Here were the two coaches, possibly three they could have signed that year that were free agent coaches. George Carl signed with the Bucs. You got Rick Adelman, who went to the Kings, took them to a Western Conference Finals against the Lakers eventually. And you know who the Nuggets signed that year, if you really want to go young and up and coming? Mike D'Antoni. So those are three coaches right there that we can easily say could have kept that train rolling. Those are three good coaches right there. And a lot of people might not know Rick Adelman, but he was with Portland Mm -hmm. and then the Kings. He's legit. So you've got your coach now. What players? Because MJ, to me, another reason why I blame him, he's like, uh, if we would have told Scotty uh, that I was coming back, he would have said yes, incur. And it goes back to my original statement. Did you ever ask them? How do you know that would have happened? You didn't, MJ. But if you truly believe that, had you come back, all is well. They're all on one-year deals. But even if those guys don't agree, because I think Pippen, he goes – Finds his what five year $67 million deal with the Rockets. So even if he doesn't come back, listen to these free agents. And you got to remember now, this is back in the day, this is not today. All right, so don't compare them to players today. But guys like Vladdy Divots was a free agent. You lose Luke Longley, but you got Vladdy. Vladdy went to the Western Conference Finals and played really well against Shaq in the early 2000s. You could have signed Vladdy, LaFonso Ellis, Chauncey Billups was traded that year. What does he do in 04? Wins a title latrell spreewell who took the knicks that next year in 99 to the nba i don't know
1: if you want spreewell in chicago with jerry cross there might be another incident
0: but jordan because jordan there and he's so great everything will be all right barkley could have replaced rodman on a one-year deal for one million that's what he re-signed for barkley in houston so barkley could have played rodman's role and then there's other guys that you you put in around him jerome kersey ended up winning a title with the Spurs. So he would have been your veteran that you could bring in off the bench. And then if you really wanted to go crazy, you could have traded for a guy like Bonzi Wells, who could have been that other pure scorer to MJ. So to me, all of that said, it's MJ. Because had he not said the words, I won't play for anyone else but Phil, they could have kept the train rolling even with different pieces. So let me – gonna... Yeah, but – oh, go
2: not ahead, go ahead, Rob. Not there, Rob. I feel like all those free agents you named were like C plus free agents. Woo!
1: Like Bonzi Wells
2: was a role player for the Portland. Chauncey Billups wasn't who he was until he got to the Pistons. He'd been traded like three or four times and was almost out the league. And Vladdy Divac, you know, he he'd have been okay. Like a lot of those guys wouldn't have but, made a difference. But Rob, like Barkley
0: let, was old. But Rob, let me no, ask you. But let me ask you this: Rodman was thirty seven that last year. Barkley's a better scorer than Rodman. I I I understand what you're saying, but besides Pippen, all those pieces that would have left, Kerr, um Longley, Bushler, you're telling me those guys I named can't replace those role players cuz Harper's still on the team. So you still have your backcourt. You bring Vladi in to pre- replace Longley, Barkley to replace Rodman. Pippen is the one missing key, but you could have also maybe traded for Glenn Rice because he ended up getting shipped to the Lakers from the Hornets, and what does he do later in 2000? Wins a title as the third scorer behind Kobe and Shaq.
2: Yeah, but Kerr and those other guys they would have came back because there, there was limited options for them. I so mean,
0: even more reason then that it's MJ's fault they could have kept but Jordan, the band said,
2: together. Jordan said. Jordan said it takes some convincing to get Pippen to come back.
0: Like he probably already knew
2: Pippin's not most likely not gonna come back, but to replace Pippin's productivity with those guys, even at a combined level, you're not gonna get that with Pippin. None of those guys have Pippin's leap. His he could play one through four, and they weren't gonna get that matchup. I mean, you know, and you're you're getting the old Barkley. Like if you would have told me he was getting a Phoenix Suns Barkley, well, i would be
0: like, oh, I yeah, can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, but yeah. I. It, Okay, so I'll give you that, but how do you answer the fact that they played pretty darn well at the beginning of the year without Pippen while he was out for his delayed surgery? Yeah, but they started off, what
2: was it 9 and 8? And, you know, and they, they didn't start too good. It was, it was only when Jordan started talking to Rodman and Rodman got his stuff together that Rodman became more than what he was until Pippen, while Pippen was out. When Jordan got on Rodman, that's when Rodman stepped his game up and they took. And then one, you got the best player, arguably, in the world. That, that's a big trump card right there that you have. Ace in the hole that you have when you have the best player.
0: Exactly. I mean, that's why I don't think the dynasty had to end.
2: Like I was telling you a little bit earlier, um, I don't know if you guys remember, Jamal Crawford was on the Bulls. Mm-hmm. In an interview, he said his, rook- his rookie year, Kraus was going to get Tim Duncan... Grant Hill, and Tracy McGrady. That was his main goal. That's why he was going to leave. Let Jordan Pippen and all those guys leave so he could get those three and start it all back up again, and they're all younger.
0: But my thing is, how was he going to get Duncan? Because there's no way the Bulls were winning the lottery. Did they have another lottery pick somehow? No, it was whenever he was
2: coming up. Well, Duncan got drafted in, what, 97, 98? It was when he was coming to free. He's thinking ahead. I got it. So if you have all these contracts even if they're one-year deals it's gonna you can't get so-and-so and then you have you know your draft choices but if you have a chance to there was talk you know they were going to trade Trace mcgrady straight up for pippen yeah, right. you know and right so
0: but if, that's, but if you think go ahead no but that's my thing they did us remember he didn't leave via free agency even though he technically did it was a sign and trade so like you know, maybe you could have done a sign and trade to get a T-Mac, and now that's a pretty good team. T-Mac replaces Pippen. Again, I know you're knocking Vladi, but Vladi's perfect for the triangle offense, and he still had some years left. I mean, we're talking you this. Vladi was good.
2: Vladi was legit with the with the Kings, but you know, Bulls really didn't need a center in that offense. Like you, like Phil did it because he had Shaq, and you know, and that's just Shaq. But when you, the center was like a main focus, when you can have Luke Longley, no disrespect to him, you know, he was serviceable.
0: <laughs> uh, Joe Klein, <laughs> Bill Wennington, Bill Cartwright. Was, you know,
2: guys that were well, old enough to be our dads at the time playing is, you know, you kind of just throw anybody in there.
0: So, so with having that that ace in the hole, having Michael Jordan maybe the greatest player, and I'll say maybe. The greatest player of all time. Now, they did sign Brent Berry. And listen, I know Brent Berry's not Scotty <laughs> Pippen, Okay. But think about this. Out of the East, you know who came out of the East that following year, right? To play the Spurs. In the finals? Was it the Knicks? It was the Knicks. Do you know what their seed was? Eight. Eight. So you can't tell me the East was very good. An eight seed got out of the East. That never happens in basketball. Never. So, to me, the East was weak. You're telling me a MJ-led team with George Carl as the coach can't win with Vladi, Brent Barry, Charles Barkley, Harper, and MJ as your starting five? I find that hard to believe MJ's that good. He doesn't come out of the East. Well, okay. Well, how old is MJ? 34 at the time? Maybe older because you're right. He had been – I mean, he, he came out in the 84 draft. So
2: I think he was 34. He was 34, and he was 38 when he came back, and he set out three years. So let's say Barkley's not the Phoenix Suns or Sixers. Barkley, like Jordan, would have had to expend a lot of energy every night just to compete with those guys. Even if it was in the East, you know they're not playing 82 games in the East. They're playing, you know, 41 games with Western Conference teams. I assume. And Jordan would have to exert a lot of energy back when he first started and was getting beat up and he's already older. And I just don't feel like it would have worked out. They would have been a playoff team. They wouldn't have been a championship team.
0: Okay. I mean, I'm not, yeah, I agree. I'm not saying they it's guaranteed they win the championship, but I guess to, to answer my own question, I thought they should have run it back one more time, even if it's not with all the pieces, but JT, do sh- you think they should have tried to run it back?
1: Ooh. I mean, of course. I mean, I want you guys to keep going on about whether Jordan could have did it with all these. Uh, Listen, I'm defending Jordan. No, no, all these. I'm, I'm defending these free Jordan here. <laughs>
0: I'm defending Jordan. I mean, that's the great thing about looking back in history. We can play the what if game. Like, I'm defending him because if the East is not strong, and and Rob, you're right. He's going to play the Western Conference. But think about this. He doesn't need to be the one seed anymore, because the Pacers fell off at least that brief moment there they weren't as good they come back the next year but I'm not worried about two years down the line I'm saying run it back one more year Number seven. I think I think MJ got one more in him yeah He's I think th- keyword uh, think but again I think he comes out of the east I Listen, agree with
1: you I think he could have run it back one more time I,
0: I think at least out of the east I don't know if they beat that Spurs team but out of the east who are you scared of I, I mean I don't know, the Heat weren't ready yet, no offense JT, but they weren't ready (laughs) yet. The Pacers obviously didn't make it. The Knicks, I mean they had an aging Patrick, think about that Rob, an aging Patrick Ewing. You're telling me Barkley aged worse than Ewing? I don't know about that. Well Barkley wasn't a 7 footer, he
2: was 6'5", 6'6", at most.
0: Hey, just get rebounds rebounds like Rodman did.
2: No one did. That's the problem. No one got rebounds like Rodman did though. But Rodman could guard one through five, though. People forget that.
1: True. So it's he true. so so is he saying they shouldn't have run it back? It sounds no,
2: if like they could have had that same squad, of course. Okay. But with but with just Jordan and all these other pieces, nah. I don't see that happening. And maybe Jordan at that time didn't want to subject himself to that.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, think he was mentally, I think he was mentally starting to wear down and he knew, like you said, Rob, it was gonna be too tough to go back and do this again. He was gonna take on more responsibility, especially if he knew there was a good chance Pippet wasn't coming back.
0: All right, well, that was some intense stuff. So let's take a breather. Let's go that's, half time. That's, that's, that's why we go and hire these
1: experts. That's why we pay him the big money to come over from ESPN. <laughs> for that man, right there. He took
0: the firing <laughs> squad though. That's why Rob's the best, man. He there took the joke. firing squad and he's just he's still cool and calm. Um so let's go. Let's have some fun topics here, all right? With the halftime adjustments. Let's talk about I don't even know what to call it anymore. The flu game, the food poisoning game. I call it something else, but Rob, I'll start with you. Do you believe based on the documentary the way they portrayed it that it was food poisoning that affected Jordan in the 97 final?
2: uh me personally i've had food poisoning twice unfortunately and you do feel like death but it didn't linger on to the next day and night you know it was just kind of a few hours and then i was good to go what i heard a lot of people think he was just hung over that's
1: what i
0: think <laughs> you First- know I they mean, what was, what's there to do with Salt Lake City, though? I mean, was it even a weekend? I don't even if, know if it was a weekend.
1: If there's anything to do with Salt Lake, MJ going to find MJ it. MJ will
2: find it. <laughs> and, an, and another thing, Jordan was on top of his body. You think – I don't f- see him ordering a pizza at 1 a.m.
0: No, sir. eating agree. a pizza yep.
2: and getting food poisoning from it. I agree. Especially the way he
0: treated his body. Not the night before a game, right? If you If you're playing – the following night, sure, but not that next night no. where, where you don't even have 24 hours to recover from eating something like that.
2: And honestly, do you think they didn't have nothing to give Jordan for food?
1: Really? Yeah. <laughs> if he's staying at the <laughs> hotel, like that kitchen's going to be open 24-7. Like that and also too, like if 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 you're the pizza place that Michael Jordan's ordering from, like, and you did poison the pizza, one, you don't want to get caught so I know the best way not to get, not to get caught. Let's send five guys to his room. <laughs> like, like I don't get that. That makes no sense. This, that's not suspicious, but yeah, I I believe you. I, I'm with you on that. I think he was just hungover. It's like what the NBA does today when they're like, oh, uh, such and such is out with flu-like symptoms. Yeah. That just means, he, you know, he was hungover from the night before. That's all that was.
0: Well, I'm not a doctor, so I can't say for certain, but you know, I'm good. I was I'm, about to
1: ask you a whole bunch of
0: questions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I'm to go with no, and, and this is a big part why. Greg Kite, who is a Bulls fan living in Utah, at the time was the assistant manager at the Pizza Hut that he ordered the pizza from, or, or his 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 personal assistant ordered the pizza from. And he was recently on the big show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, On 1280 The Zone, I'm not sure where in the U.S. that is. But he says that the story in The Last Dance, and and I quote here, is crap. He says only him and the delivery man went to the hotel room and that he made the pizza himself and oversaw the handling of it. Because, again, remember, he is a Bulls fan. So – To me, and he said that they kind of waved to MJ and then that was it. There was only two guys. All right. So I agree with Rob. What are you doing at 1130, 11 o'clock at night, ordering a whole pizza? And Rob, he eats the whole thing himself. Well, first of all, before you get on,
1: Jordan, don't act like
0: you haven't ordered pizza at 11 o'clock. I used to live with you, so. (laughs) (laughs) And I would eat the whole pizza myself. I'm not sharing with you, JT. But the thing is, that's MJ, maybe the greatest athlete of all time, and I'm the Don doing this show with you. So I'm allowed to eat that. I'm expected to eat that pizza that late. Not MJ. Have you seen that guy's body? No. So I think personally, I'm going to go way out on the limb here and say that was all made up, either the flu or the food poisoning. And the reason is, going back to our first topic, he needed some sort of mental motivation to get him prepared for the next game. He's like, what have I not
1: done? That's really far out there. (laughs) What have
0: I not done in the history of sports? You know what? I haven't pulled the Willis Reed yet. I got to pull the Willis Reed card. And I think he was a little worried about this jazz team, especially playing at the Delta Center. He's like, I got to have a built-in excuse. Ah. So first it was the flu. And now 20 years later, it's food poisoning. He can't even get the story straight. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. So so the other part of the story is he spit on the pizza, JT and Rob. So would you have still eaten it knowing that MJ you spit know we, on you it? You
1: know we're not going to eat anything somebody spit on. <laughs> Hell no. And if he spit on anything that was my food, we'd have to fight. I don't give a damn how great he is.
0: <laughs> what about you, Rob?
2: Am I a diehard Jordan fan or am I his teammate?
1: You're a fan. Well, sometimes the teammates are both. <laughs> and
2: is uh, And is it a spray spit or one of those Loogie type spits?
1: Uh, uh he 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 hawked it up with everything <laughs> he's been holding back. Like he he hawked on it like Horace Grant was gonna eat it.
2: Uh if I'm a fan, I'm taking it I'm selling it. If I'm his teammate, I'm not eating.
0: <laughs> well, for me. It's going to depend on the type of pizza and how, wow, hung- y'all, and how hungry I y'all, truly y'all, am.
1: Y'all need to be ashamed. <laughs> and how hungry I See, am. See, this is how MJ can get away with this. <laughs> like, MJ would be on the plane, spit on your food, and be like, that shit ain't that bad. It tastes
0: good. Spit on it some more. It tastes good.
2: Nah, if I'm his teammate, I'm not eating that. Now, if I'm some diehard super fan that, you know, gets to meet Jordan East, you know, a little spit, you know, uh,
1: bypass that. <laughs> like, Y'all, I not think y'all would go that way. But you know what? You brought up a good point uh, that I know about. You know, maybe he did make this all up. My thing is, why wouldn't you just stick with the flu story? Like last time I checked, nobody was trying to poke holes in this story. Like that's a part of your legacy that people think is awesome. Like, exactly. why do you feel the need to you know make up this? Oh, somebody tried to poison me. They tried to kill me. Like, why would you? There's no need to go into that. Like, nobody ever cared.
0: So Rob, with the food poisoning, and this is a serious question, did you have a fever? Because I swear when this happened in 98, it wasn't his stomach that was upsetting him. It was, he's got a fever of like 103. I can't remember now. Obviously, I'm making that part up. But I thought it was because he had a fever, and that's why they were calling it the flu.
2: Well, when I had it, like I got hot, and then I had to take cold shower, then I'd get super cold. So I imagine I had a fever. I was just getting hot and cold chills. I got so hot where I had to go into the shower and take a cold shower, okay. and then I didn't feel like moving. And then this was when I was in college, as my freshman year. I had to call my mom. I was like, "Mom, I need some money so I can get some." I'm I feel like I'm dying. Okay. And I hope, I hope you guys aren't sponsored by McDonald's or anywhere. <laughs> but that's where I got it from.
0: Hold on, let's check. Oh wait, hold on. Oh, well, no, you no, said no, it already. Right. Too list. late. Too late. They're not on the list anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. God, they ain't
1: paying us anyway. Say what you gotta say. <laughs>
2: it was one of those things well these five mcdoubles don't look bad but they don't look great either and you know when you're in college you know you gotta do what you gotta do
1: so that means he spit on him so none of his roommates can have (laughs) (laughs)
2: it
1: uh yeah i don't i just don't get that um i don't know if this was true but uh another theory i heard uh was that if it was food poisoning maybe that there was a local mob that did it cuz apparently Kobe got poisoned during the playoffs one time in New Jersey by the bob I don't know if that's a true story but I was reading that somewhere
0: I thought that was Sacramento with the hamburger is Sacramento yeah I thought it was Sacramento with room service
1: yeah so I don't know I mean I would say this I'm I wouldn't doubt people you know don't have money riding on these games they wouldn't be out to hurt a certain player or not get him to not play if they could but yeah it just sounds like MJ doing MJ things but Alright, so we you know we weren't gonna go on without talking about Dennis Robin. The
0: worm. The <laughs> yeah, worm.
1: You know, honestly, I wish his part in the in the uh in the documentary was, was longer. I wish he would have had three episodes to himself. But what was the wildest thing you guys learned about Robin that you didn't know before the documentary? Me, uh He's like I uh, do he everything. Wanted, <laughs> that he needed a know. <laughs>
2: That he needed a vacation. I had never I never knew that he'd just – he's like, I need a 48-hour a vacation to get away. That was just the wildest thing to me. That was crazy, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on yeah. that, yeah. Like, I don't understand, like, how he was allowed to go on benders in the middle of the season. <laughs> <laughs> like, how? But, I mean, testament to how good he is, like, he's so good. He's got Michael Jordan flying to Vegas and dragging him out of hotel rooms, like, instead of having him cut. So I just, I'm with you, Rob. I don't understand how he could do that.
0: I, I think for me, I, I, maybe it's I don't remember it. Or like with Rob, I don't. I didn't even know about it. But it was leaving the 98 finals between games three and four to take part in a WCW event. Like, that's crazy. This is the finals. This isn't the regular season. What if he would have got hurt? Uh, yeah, or, like, missed his f- – yeah, that's a great point, JT. I didn't even think about that. I just <laughs> I mean, they thought... hitting
1: people in the face with chairs. Like, I mean, <laughs> did <think> happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that was the craziest thing. This is the finals, man. And then I thought what was also interesting was how chill he was about it afterward and all the criticism he took from his team. Because I don't know if you remember in the last dance they showed a huddle where Phil is like, hey uh, – I think it was D- Dickie Simpkins – where he's like, uh, hey, Simpkins, like, you missed us basically ripping on Rodman for missing practice yesterday. And it was like, you know, and Rodman's just kind of chilling there. You know, Simpkins turns around kind of, like, laughs, smiles at him. and well, Rodman's they're not like, me. Yeah, yeah and Rodman's Rodman. like, I don't know. I'm here now. Let's go play. Like, we're about to win a title. What are we worried about? So, it's just amazing how chill he was about it, too.
1: Also, too. Because he knew he had that juice. Yeah. Yep, yep. I'm surprised how much Carmen Electra uh, let out. Of what they actually did, like I thought that that was that was shocking to me too. She's like, I'll tell you what, if you if you learn anything from Dennis Rodman, be careful who you who you mess with as an athlete, because some sometime down the line, twenty years when there's a documentary and you were part of it, you don't know what they're gonna say. <laughs> oh, we were doing it in the locker rooms, on, on the television master's desk, at center court. Oh, we were we just did it all over the place. I'm like, wow. I'm pretty sure he did not think she was gonna tell that someday to the whole world.
0: So JT, Thanks. what's what's yours? The taking a vacation in Vegas? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. this man went
1: to Vegas. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I'll be back tomorrow. Like <laughs> three days later. He's like, he ain't back yet. <laughs> if Michael Jordan has to come get you, like in the middle of the season from Vegas, like that's just insane. I don't get that. Well, they
2: said Rodman came back. He had to get Rodman out the hotel in Chicago. To come back like that's where jordan had got him like he didn't have to go to vegas he was in chicago he had to drag him out of the hotel in chicago because he wasn't coming to practice
1: oh there we go see that's that's just as bad he right down the street and don't want to play <laughs>
0: <laughs> crazy crazy but when he was there he showed up and balled out for sure um so this is a really interesting question jt great question you brought up during the production meeting Whoa, whoa, whoa. First I'll of all. I give you credit here. I give no, you credit don't, here. Don't try to
1: show up because because
0: Rob's on the show. Go <laughs> ahead go ahead and
1: introduce a topic that I brought up the way you normally do.
0: <laughs> nope. Great question here. So, Rob, I'll, I'll send it to you first. Uh, we got two, but here's the first one. Who do you think was Jordan's most underrated teammate? This
1: is what I pay for. I want to hear this.
0: Underrated teammate
2: that no one ever thought of? oh man probably Tony Ku coach okay okay
0: because
2: a lot of people don't i mean they just like you said in the film they just show you what you want to so but if you look at the scores and the box scores like he has some big games and he was a matchup problem so you know six eleven shoot you know and I feel like they didn't have him they may not win
0: and by the way before you go jt who coach I believe would have been on that 98-99 team? So there's the <laughs> void of filling Pippen.
1: Rob, if if you haven't noticed, one thing you'll know you'll know when you come on this show. If he starts an argument with you, he'll bring it up throughout the entire show. <laughs> so I'm letting you know this ain't over. He, you you will hear about this again. <laughs>
2: You Uh, thought it was over?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I I you, who you got? I figured one of you guys would pick Ku coach. I mean, I guess when you said underrated, I I feel like a lot of his teammates were highlighted in this. So I tried to go with somebody that I don't remember seeing in there. Um, Probably, he didn't play with Jordan that long, but I had to go back and look at his stats. And I was like, this Orlando Woolridge, like he played for Jordan for two years when he first got there. And what he averaged, what, 23 points a game? Uh, that last season with Jordan and I mean Woolridge was already established as a good score and I think that 23 points a game was like the most a teammate's average with Jordan throughout his whole career so gotta go with him. Wow
0: yeah that's hey Woolridge was a great player I totally forgot about him I like both of your answers and actually Rob I thought you were gonna go with the guy I had written down because you mentioned him earlier Ron Harper. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's got five titles, three with the Bulls, two for the Lakers. And people forget, especially the the young kids, in 86, he was drafted by the Cavs, number eight overall. And he ended up a rookie year. He was 22.9 points, 4.8 assists, 4.8 boards, two and a half uh, steals, I believe. And then, like, you look at 86 to 94 – Except for one season, he averaged no lower than 18.6 points per game. His best year was 93-94 with the Clippers, 20.1 points, six boards, four and a half assists, two steals a game. So, like, those are really good numbers. But the thing that hurt him, and I think this is why he was underrated, talent-wise, maybe one of the, the better teammates he had, but Ron Harper's injuries caught up to him especially oh, for sure. as he got older, like he wasn't as injury prone as he got older, but just the injuries had caught up to him. But he was, I mean, he was a tall point guard for back then ran the triangle offense, unselfish player wins two more title with the Lakers. I think he's very yeah. underrated. Um, but to be honest, I like all three of our answers. I like coach Woolridge. That was a great one, JT. Um, and, you know, and I had Harper. So what about let's flip it, Rob? Most underrated opponent against MJ. Who's stealing
1: whose answer? That's what I'm really curious.
2: Most people don't know this, but somebody it was back for the bad boys piss. Joe Dumars used to play great defense on Jordan.
0: Yep. Yep.
2: Most I feel like that's one of the most underrated. And he was only 6'3 too as well. So I mean that's my that's my pick.
0: Bad boys. (laughs) (laughs) Bad boys. Go ahead, JT. Who
1: is your, I didn't even, I didn't even really know you were a Bad Boys Piston fan, but who is your favorite Piston, Isaiah Thomas or Bill Ambeer? Isaiah, Isaiah. Oh, okay. Yo, he, he led the charge. He
0: led the charge. He <laughs> that's was short. He that's was, why. You know, this, was is the short and angry. this is the thing about, about <laughs> Isaiah. He is a better version of Chris Paul and everyone loves Chris Paul. Why don't you oh, love yeah. Isaiah? Because he, he won he two titles and he beat MJ twice. Exactly. Actually three straight years in the playoffs. That's why people don't like Isaiah. Chris Paul's right. no different. Chris Paul will muck it up, start stuff, and then get out. Isaiah did the same thing, except he won two titles, beat Jordan 88, 89, 90. That's why people don't like Isaiah.
1: Can't argue with that. Um, I w- I went a different route. Rob, that was actually a really good answer. Um, I like, yep, Raw. Yep, that was a good one, Rob. I went with somebody. I know there was a lot of episodes and I don't remember seeing this dude in it. And I, like, when I look back, I was shocked, but I think an underrated opponent, I don't think he got, his team got the best of Jordan, but whenever they played each other, he showed out and they had a lot of individual battles. I'm going with Dominique Wilkins. and Like every time he faced Jordan, like they, like I said, they put on shows like I think what was it in 86 where like he put up 57 and Jordan put up 41. Like that's the show. Not to mention those two, uh, all-time famous dunk contest where honestly people probably thought those were the two best dunk contests of all time until Gordon Levine came along. So that's years later. Mm -hmm. So you take a look at the scores that they put up when they faced each other. I think Dominique averaged what 37 and three whenever you played Jordan and Jordan averaged what 31. So they were going back and forth. It's just the teams that Dominique was on weren't as good as the Bulls.
0: True. I, I like Dominique a lot. Did you like Dominique Rob? What'd you think about him? Yeah, game? he's one of my
2: favorite dunkers. Yeah. I mean, as an opponent, like Larry says, like Dominique will give you 40, but you'll probably have 50 on him. <laughs> <laughs> you, know? you know, he was, he was almost as good as a defender as a swinging door.
1: So what you're saying <laughs> is, hey, he'll be great in today's NBA.
2: <laughs>
1: yes, correct.
2: Actually, those Atlanta Hawks teams were really good. But so, actually,
0: go ahead. I was going to say JT. I've got an Atlanta Hawk guy, but it's a different guy from a different age. I got Steve Smith. And I say it's underrated because a lot of people don't know about Steve Smith, but this is what he does guarding Jordan in the 97 playoffs. And Steve Smith could shoot, especially for back then. You know, you could put him up there with the Reggies um, and a couple of those other guys. So they played a five-game playoff series in 97 against Jordan. And Jordan scores 34 in game one, but then after that, he scores 27, 21, 27, 24. Now, that doesn't sound great, but the whole Jordan to 27 and less, four straight games, that is really good. Like, that's unseen. Game two, Jordan only shoots 41%. Game three shoots only 40%. Game five shoots only 39%. Now, granted, they get beat in five, but as far as underrated, no one talks about. Steve Smith had no team around him, really. And he was able to contain. No one's stopping Jordan. But him and Dumars were able to contain him in playoff games. And I think that's where, really, the challenge is. What year was that? 97. Yeah, Steve Smith, he's
2: underrated. He had the Smitty move. <laughs>
0: hey, what is the Smitty move? I forget. <laughs> Uh, I'd have to show you the next time I see you. Okay. Okay. No, don't <laughs> sign up for that because I feel like it's going to be embarrassing. <laughs> I'll probably
2: tear my other knee. I'm going to have to see the plus minus on that. i well,
0: That's Jordan said. He's Smith. not buying it. I mean, that's what Jordan scored though. So whether it was a combination or not, but Steve Smith's going to get a majority of that play. And there were articles even before the series going in that Steve Smith like has nightmares playing MJ. Like he just he just it's one of the most frightening things, but he showed up, you know, his team didn't win, but as far as what people don't think about, and you look at the numbers, like, all right, I think, I think MJ respects that at the very least. Yeah, for sure. Steve Smith was a great player. He was a great player. So I wouldn't say this guy's a great player, but let's go Byron Russell here. Okay. And this is a fun topic. Not so much for me back in 98, but was it a push-off, Rob, on the last shot of his Bulls' career against Byron Russell?
2: I feel like if Jordan didn't push him, he was going to fall anyways. To, he was on his way to touching the earth anyways. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was like an ole, a little ole to him. Um, <laughs> and you got to see the shoes he was wearing. If you see the shoes, you know why he was stumbling <laughs>
1: <laughs> I saw somewhere they call him like the Ghostbuster 95s or something. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, um, yeah. It's a push off. Let's just get that out of the way. But I will say this. The one thing that I saw in the documentary that kind of gave Jordan some saving grace was I don't know if you got I don't know if you saw when he was talking about like he noticed how uh Russell always played on his toes and he knew if you can get him to go one way, he was always gonna slide. So I don't know if he strategically put that in there to build up to the point where he was going to push him off in the story. But, yeah, I think it's a push-off.
0: So my whole life growing up thought it was a push-off. I'm going to stick with it. This is the only thing thing I would throw out to you guys. If it was the other way around – now, some people would say, well, Jordan would never have been in that terrible defensive position. Forget that part of it. If it was the other way around, Russell, with that enough of a hand touch to to push him out out of the the way – All right? would they have called that offensive uh, – an offensive foul on Byron Russell if that was against Jordan? That's, yes. That's the way I would look at it. So that's Magic Johnson. He'll tell you So yes. <laughs> if you say yes, then basically MJ got a call. That's the way I look at it. Uh,
2: it could go either way because I feel like, one, when Reggie Miller shoved off Jordan, when you're a stature of Jordan and someone does that to him and they don't call it, I feel like they're not going to call it either way because – Reggie Miller but, literally shoved him out the way. <laughs> but that's
0: him. But that's the thing is Byron Russell didn't have that sort of super, that even star status. That cachet,
1: he didn't have Exactly.
0: That. Where Reggie did, I mean.
1: Well, I feel like, like I, I hear what Rob's saying. Like, I think in that, especially in that time period, like they're not going to bail the game out with some call like that. Like it's like, all right, let us see if he can make the shot and then we'll live with that.
0: Yeah. No, that's a great point. You, you know, Rob, this is my analogy in defending Jordan. I hate doing this. My analogy would be, I'm going to do it. Cause I, I don't want to be seen as biased is that <laughs> pass interference in football. You're allowed to, you're allowed to touch the receiver's waist, but as soon as you use your hand to maneuver the receiver in order to knock the ball down, that's when it's PI, but you can have your hand on his hip as long as you're not turning or using that as leverage to knock the ball down. So MJ, as long as he's not giving a shove, is allowed to have his hand on the backside of Russell. But that would be my analogy to defend Jordan there. I just feel
2: like Russell, if you watch the play, he was already he was already out of it. He was Rob, already on, he was on his way to. He robbed the trash. Hey, Rob he was, trash. Nah, like he was a name. great player, you know, like he was six, eight. Out of Long Beach State, he was good. He was a great player, Ooh, you know.
1: With the facts,
2: yeah. But he's—he he was already—he was going His first mistake was letting Jordan go right, anyways. So he was already messed up in that sense, and he was already stumbling. Jordan gave him a light, slight nudge. If I—if you're falling, and I give you a slight nudge, and you—it look, it's gonna look crazy. Yeah. If you're already falling, and I just barely touch you, it's gonna look like I shoved you to the ground.
0: Right. So, I agree. His his mistake was letting him even try to get to the middle. Like either his at that point, was just guarding Jordan in the first place. <laughs> yeah. well, someone had <laughs> someone had to. Were you going to put Hornacek on him? Come on, come on. They he could like, put Shandon Anderson on him. You think you think he would have done a better job?
1: I did like Shandon Anderson. I thought he
2: was a Jordan. Pretty good Jordan's player. torching everyone on that team.
0: Yeah, it
1: didn't matter put, who was put sick Craig Elo him. on him. See how it goes. <laughs> All right, so. Rob, so we got a section on the show where it's called Like It, Love It, Trash It. Ah, Get it right,
0: JT. Get it right. I'm sorry.
1: Love It, Like It, Trash It. There we go. So we're going to read this headline. You tell us whether you love it, like it, or trash it, and tell us why. So speaking of Jordan and and playing in today's NBA, Chan and Fry made a comment to uh, NBC Sports Northwest Talking Blazers podcast that Jordan's style of play and leadership wouldn't translate to the game today. And he also went on to say that MJ had only one job, and that was to score, and that guys today wouldn't want to play with him. Kevin Durant.
2: <laughs> so,
1: that headline, you uh, love it, like it, or you trashing it?
2: Trashing it. I knew he was going to trash it. <laughs> trashing it. Why? One, look who the source is. <laughs> Channing Pride. <Fry. laughs> and uh, the thing is, Jordan... Nine-time first-team all-defense. You don't see any players doing both what he did both ways. And I want to say it's one of those late 80s seasons, he averaged his normal number of points and, like, 10 rebounds, almost nine, eight assists a game. I remember that. You know, and then if you're a basketball player, you want to play with other winners. Like, for me, if – like, you don't want to play with losers. Like, I want to play with somebody – he, def- the, the, be the he
1: definitely to does not want to play with losers at all costs. I can attest it. To-
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if I'm I, – I, me as a person, I would want to play with the winner, you know, because there's more stake. Like, the object of the game is to win. Like, if I want to go out there and have fun and do my own thing and lose, you know, then I probably wouldn't be on Jordan's team. So, but in today's game, I feel like there's a lot of players. Like, LeBron said he would love to play with Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jordan's gonna get the best out of you, whether you want it or not. Like it's gonna happen, or you're gonna be out the league. So yeah, or on another team losing. Like Jordan's <laughs> way, you know, you can't you can't argue with the results. You're like he won when it came down to it.
0: Right, true, true. Uh, JT, I'm gonna go with like it. oh for this reason, Rob, I don't disagree with you. So don't be mad at me. Um, <laughs> But there's just (laughs) – there's there's different ways to skin a cat, right? I mean, I'm not saying MJ is wrong for how he handled teammates, but, like, there's different styles of leadership. And you look at LeBron, which, again, keep in mind, Channing Frye was a teammate of LeBron. Um, LeBron's more sensitive to his teammates' feelings. No,
1: he's more (laughs) passive-aggressive.
0: But at times – well, okay, so – if you want to say it that way, but then LeBron at times has been really tough on his teammate. So one teammate, and, Mario Chalmers. <laughs> so look at who LeBron has made. I mean, he did it in a different way than Jordan did, but he made J.R. Smith. All right. D- JT's boy, Delavadova, All right. What's his name? Della Vidova. So Channing Fry, he made all those guys champs. And then he took guys like Drew Gooden and JT always laughs at this. Larry Hughes to the finals. Like, he took them to the finals on his back, but he made them better, too. And he did it in a way different way different way than Jordan did. And last point, I think only MJ can get away with what he did, especially back then before no social media. Can you imagine LeBron punching Della Vidova? Everyone would have hated LeBron for it. Oh, this is exactly why he's not Jordan or better than Jordan. So there's just different ways, and you've had to adjust to the times. Yeah, but Jordan's six for six,
2: though. LeBron's, what, three and six?
0: Uh oh, here we go. But, but Drew Gooden – that, That's a Drew, whole, different, Drew, whole different debate. But Drew
2: Gooden was a double-double guy. Like, he wasn't some slouch. Larry Hughes was a 20-point scorer in his time as well.
0: And let me but ask way, you this, Rob. Let me ask you this. Before right. they got with LeBron, were those guys winners in your books? In your book?
2: Uh, Larry Hughes was a baller on the –
0: A baller? Was the, he a on winner? The, on, the, on the Wizard. Was he a winner?
2: uh was, was LeBron really a winner is when you win a championship, you know, you can win a thousand games. Did games, they not
0: win the Eastern? Did they not win the Eastern conference championship?
2: Yeah. But the East, like you
0: said, was like way watered down. Did, did they not get through the Detroit Pistons that year? That was a great yes, series. They did.
2: LeBron played out of his mind. But how often do you get LeBron playing out of his mind in the finals? Not a lot.
0: Year. Uh, four years in a row against the Warriors. We're gonna draw up those stats against the. Those are
2: yeah. You know, when you goes to empty numbers though. You gotta think if I'm the best player on a team taking all the shots, of course I'm gonna have all these numbers. Empty. If numbers. I have, that's if deep. I have the ball in my hand, ninety nine percent of the time, that usage of rate I'm is up. Have, you know, of course I'm gonna have a lot of plays, and that's gonna look. Is LeBron arguably the best player in the world? Of course. But you got to look like who he's playing with and then who it is. If I'm the man and I have four other guys on my team that are not that good, of course, I'm going to look like a
0: megastar.
1: I think he's talking about us.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I <laughs> mean, no, no, listen, no. are these empty stats? They lost the 2017 Golden State Warriors, right? Told you this wasn't over. <laughs> and he, he's the first player to average a triple-double in NBA Finals history. 33.6 points, 12 boards, 10 assists. Like, what, what else did you want in that NBA finals? He was playing arguably the greatest team ever assembled besides the dream team. Who had the ball in their hands most? Who's making all the decisions? But that's my whole point. Look at how he's making those guys compete. Delavadova, even he got Vadova the contract with the Milwaukee Bucks.
2: I, I Delavadova was played like that at St. Mary's. So, I mean, he was playing like that before he got with LeBron. son. We're talking St.
0: Mary's to the NBA. You can't tell me Dela Vidova did not improve because of LeBron. There's no way. Well, LeBron, actually, history is players play worse with LeBron. Kevin
2: Love's numbers went down. Chris, Chris Bosh. Bosh's numbers went numbers went down. LeBron makes you a shooter. Like, God forbid you're so dried to the basket. You're gonna be a shooter with
0: LeBron. LeBron so- Needs shooters around him to succeed. How is that different than what Jordan made his guys? Steve Kerr wasn't this great uh, penetrator, right? Well, Jordan Steve had Kerr a mid-range, so it passer. added a different,
1: a different dimension to it, though.
0: Again, a different era. And, and we'll get to the stat. We'll get to the stat, trust me, with three-pointers with Jordan. We'll get there. I've got stats for days here because everyone has all the good ones. We forget about the bad ones.
1: Rob, I told you it wasn't over. I um, love having Steve, Rob, <laughs> I love having Rob because
0: he knows his stuff. And he likes MJ, so this is great. Just debate for me, even though I'm sure people at home don't want to hear me; they'd rather but hear Rob.
2: No, no one ever mistake Steve Kerr for being a John Wall type player. He was always a spot up shooter. That was his whole role in the NBA. It wasn't to drive to the basket and do all this other stuff, you know.
0: So, how is that? Bosh was already having that outside jump shot game with with the Raptors. So was D Wade. D Wade was getting old by the time LeBron got there chalmers is never going to be mistaken for isaiah thomas but you know what he was able to win because lebron makes his guys winners too it's just a different style i
2: guarantee you you put us three on the heat we're going to the finals
0: too we're all three going to have rings it's because of lebron yes
2: but we don't have to play a minute it's not that he's making us better it's just because he's better than everyone all right it's so not because he made us better it's just because we're alone for the ride i mean we did How, i, I know, mean in, in all chalmers, fairness is, the
1: heat did win a title with mike miller without a spine so we did win a title with, without without help. And I would players. argue
0: LeBron made Mike Miller valuable there because all the attention was on LeBron. Bam, kick it out, wide open threes. You better hit your shots. You still well, want to stay on the D Wade like and Miller. Chris
2: Bosh having D Wade and Chris Bosh also helps too.
0: Oh, so Coach and Pippen doesn't help? I mean, listen, I don't want to get a back-and-forth argument here. So nah, I apologize. <laughs> we, we went off on a tangent. My fault, Rob. I apologize, JT. No, it's all good. Rob,
1: I appreciate it because this is exposing <laughs> who he really is because normally he'll just blame me for all this stuff.
0: So JT, JT, you know, this is the one, people who know me, this is the one I, the One topic that still going. Will, it'll get me into overdrive. It'll get me in overdrive. So, JT, what, what about you on that? Love it, like it, trash it. Um, I'm with
1: you. Um, I like it just because I agree with you. There's, there's more than one way to lead a team. and You just see different types of leaders in the NBA now. You got guys like Hawaii who are out, outwardly are really quiet. You got guys like Russell Westbrook who's all in your face, kind of like Jordan. Steph Curry's the nice guy. And then you just already brought LeBron and how he leads. I don't know if Jordan's leadership style would work in today's NBA just for this reason. I think back then the thing that he had going for him was the players it was just a different era. Players really didn't think about, all right, I'm going to move somewhere else because I'm happy. And like player mobility wasn't the way it was today. Like I can see Jordan being like Westbrook in OKC where it's like, yeah, he's this great player. He puts up all the stats. He can win, but I just don't want to play with the guy because I don't have to. Like, I'm gonna get I'm I'm making money playing basketball. I can go play with anybody I want and still make the money. And then if I win, I win. As long as I'm happy, that's what matters. So that's the only reason I think his style might not work is because guys just don't have to play with them because they don't they don't they're not forced to. Like, could you see could you see Kevin Durant putting up with Michael Jordan stuff?
2: Let me let me let me say something. Let's say Jordan only got on to people that were weak-minded and let him get on. Like, he didn't have to get on the Pippin. He didn't have to get on the to Rodman about playing. If you do what you're supposed to do, he's not going to ride you. He only rode people that didn't do what they were supposed to do. Like, if you come in, do your work, like they were saying, Haslem was like, oh, I would have fought him. He wouldn't have had a problem with Haslam. He would have just played. He would have respected what Haslam does, and he would have never had to argue with him, with anything. If, I don't if, know, do I don't know if I agree with
1: because because are, are you saying that Steve Kerr didn't do his job until Michael Jordan punched him in the face? Same thing with John Paxson.
2: Well, Steve Kerr was and Horace Grant? Di- well, Steve Kerr was, was playing him dirty. Even Jordan even said it. He was punched, he's hit me in my chest and doing this. So I just punched him. Fights happen in sports all the time, you know. It's just because it was Jordan, you know. Like, you look like there's a story you guys don't know is in Oklahoma, this guy named Tony Crocker and Blake Griffin. Tony Crocker got mad at Blake Griffin and body slammed him but you know fights happen all the time you just don't hear about them but you know like the other guys you were naming you know like if you're weak minded Jordan rode
0: you if not you know he came to work so Rob in in my mind I, I get what you're saying but I would I could flip it if I wanted and say he's a bully. Because you see in the documentary, he's picking on Scott Burrell day and night. And now I think Burrell He didn't deserve Charles Oakley. <laughs> yeah, he deserved it a little bit because Burrell was a young guy and was going out, you know, and wasn't focused on what they needed to do. But so was Rodman. So what's the difference? The difference is Rodman had been around and Rodman ain't gonna take it from MJ. And I think Jordan know who he knew who he could pick on and who and he couldn't. couldn't. Right, he's not doing that to Oakley. He's not, doing he would that have to picked hazard. on Shannon
1: Fry. That's why Shannon Fry is e- saying this exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: Well, Oakley was his bodyguard. And then, if if Scott Burrell was
1: doing what Rodman was doing, Jordan wouldn't say nothing to him. Well, here's the thing. Let me No, Go ahead. No, go ahead, JT. I was just gonna say the old like back to the original question. I worry about MJ, his like the way he he did things in today's game is because he i'm not saying obviously this guy's not as talented as mj but look at draymond green like guys he he basically might have just torn apart a franchise because he was trying to be that michael jordan type leader where i'm just gonna scream at you i'm gonna bully you into i think i want you to play hard and that caused the best player in the game to not want to play with you anymore and it's broken so i i i hear i I agree with you on the point that like jordan is going to get the best out of you but I think Jordan could only do that because of the time the time period he played it. And, like, these guys aren't going to take that. And the good, solid players that could match him in his game, in today's game, they're not going to play with him either because everybody's different. These guys know each other much younger. They play AAU. Like, they're just nicer guys. Like, this is not going to fly.
0: I mean, Jimmy Butler's another another example, right? He tries to bully people, and that doesn't really fly with a guy like Carl Anthony Towns. But to, to, to your point, though, Rob, I do agree with you in the sense that Jordan style I think it's he can do it because he is Jordan he's that's it maybe the greatest maybe the top two at the very least so he can do it and you know some to some guys that's who they do want to play with so I I can't fault guys that that do feel like hey I want to play with a guy like Jordan because he's you know he's no BS
1: also one more thing I want you guys thoughts on this how much of it was like, you you brought up a good point. Like, obviously, he wouldn't have done this to a Rodman or a Pippen because those guys did come to work. They're valuable to the team, and they know that they're not going anywhere. How much of it was guys really were scared of him because Jordan – if Jordan didn't want you on the team, he probably could get you removed. And it's not like the NBA today where it's like, all right, if it doesn't work out here, I can still go make money somewhere else. Like, chances are, like, if you got kicked off the Bulls, you might not get another chance in the league. And I think that's why Jordan was able to get away with a lot of stuff he did because guys didn't have any other alternative for their careers. Like, Scott Burrell, what was he going to do? Where was he going to go if, if MJ was like, all right, I'm done with you with the Bulls? <laughs> hmm. Guess
2: he go the Hornets, where he went. I think that's where he went afterwards. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was I will say this. Everybody looked so happy once they left Chicago. Horace Grant was having a time of his life in Orlando.
0: <laughs> BJ looked happy. I I will say this though. They never won another title except Steve, did, they except they sure Steve. Kerr. Well, I guess Steve Kerr did though. Steve Kerr did. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> All right, so we're gonna we're gonna go to a topic I have no expertise in. I have no idea about. So I'm just gonna gracefully bow out of this next conversation. I,
0: I feel like Rob does though, right? Rob No, Yo, you
1: two do. I don't know it's anything about me. these. This is for you guys. Not me. Rob. Yeah, you do. All right. So if you don't know it, our expert is also probably the biggest shoe fan I know. Like he will I've literally seen him stop games to get on the phone and order, you know, limited edition something. So <laughs> <laughs> the man probably got every shoe known to man <laughs> in his house. So we of course we can't leave the last dance show without talking about Air Jordan's. So, we're doing the same thing. Love it, like it, trash it. Rob, love it. What's the best pair of Jordans? To hoop in or to wear or for looks? It's, ah, it's see? Donato, come on, man. Let's do hey, both. Give, give, you, give us an expert opinion for both. Go ahead. For looks, the Jordan
2: 11, bread or concords. To play in, the Jordan 34s. The, they're pretty new. But those are the best to hoop in, in my opinion.
1: All right. Donato, I'm I'm not gonna ask you about the hooping part. I don't want to, I don't <laughs> know what's the best to play. I don't but even know how to play, so it doesn't strictly, matter. Strictly looks what's the what's your what's your best pair of Jordans <laughs> you like?
0: I'm gonna go, Rob, what do you think about these? The Jordan Fours back in '89. Um, they're the ones that were featured on Do the Right Thing. So, like that kind of put supposedly put the Air Jordan series like into another another stratosphere, because now it went beyond hoops, it was a fashion statement, yeah, the
2: fours are you can wear those anywhere yeah. like i have I have a few fours, I have the bread fours, and i forget I have so many, I forget what the other ones were, but the bread for the fours are the other great shoe as well now he has some shoes that are like bricks though you know, so we'll oh, we to gonna that. get to those we'll, we'll get to <laughs> oh, those God. yeah, yeah,
1: you all know, right, but... so let, so let's go to like it, so this is the close but no cigar group uh. I, I like yours. I like your style. So the the basketball ones that are good to hoop in and then the ones that are good for casual wear. Casual wear ones. One the Jordan ones are the most popular to wear around. That's your second. For, that's your second place choice to wear. Uh, for fe- like
2: females wear them, guys wear them. The f- like uh, then I said, the fours are popular. The threes, you know, usually all his retro Jordans. Not more so the Jordan, uh, the Air Jordan Nines, but from ten to, from one to fourteen, those are the
1: ones you can wear out places. All right. So what are the second second best ones to hoop in? The second, me personally, would be the Jordan Thirteen, Air Jordan Thirteens. All right. Nah, those same format. I don't. I know you don't have a second favorite hoopin' shoe. <laughs> which was the best? The second best one to wear, in your opinion?
0: Uh, I liked right the year after 1990, the Jordan Fives. They were the ones You're that. So old. I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how. Do you like any Jordans that were made after 95? I do. No, I agree. I think. I think Robin mentioned the Jordan Elevens. I've got those up there as well. Um, but I'm going to go Jordan fives, 1990. Those are my like it ones. All right. You think, you know, people,
1: I didn't even know you ever owned a pair of Jordans. I I had those
0: ones. Those were stitched with the 23s on the side. You remember those? Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Clearly I'm the one in the group that has never owned a pair of Jordans. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Let me tell
2: you a quick, funny story about, um, I said the, the fives when I was a kid, my neighbor had a pair of fives. And one of my dogs had drug one of the shoes up to my porch and I was like, Oh man, I got, there's a Jordan five. There's just one shoe. So I kept it and it was about six sizes too big. And I would wear it around my house and my neighbor was like, yo, have you seen my shoe? I'm like, no, I haven't seen your shoe. (laughs) This was was before I could, uh, you know, my parents could afford Jordans and then just one random day. And I was like, I just threw it back over the fence and then, you know, that was it. But I rocked that size probably 12 shoe for about six days that my dog
1: drug up you got those like mike powers and turned into an amazing basketball player see hey, i'll tell you what if i ever lose it thing, I'm, I'm asking rob first because it just might appear in my yard a few days later toss it back all right so let's, let's get to the bricks which ones are you trashing so what's the worst jordan shoe looks wise for comfort and then what's the worst one to hoop in
2: uh the worst one the in, or probably the eights like if you want to jump higher you wear them and then you take them off and then put some other shoes on <laughs> looks they're okay you know but like for hooping that's uh and then 14s they just tear up too easy for me because they're too narrow
1: in the front yeah expert analysis don uh what's your air jordan brick shoe
0: so rob what do you think about this one i, I don't like the looks of the air jordan 15. The 15. Yeah, they were, they're uh, like, they're the most like, they're the outlier. They look nothing like Jordans, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, he, like after 14, you know, when he retired, they kind of started going to some like not futuristic look, but not the same type of vibe they would have. Like yeah. me, I just stick one through 13. And
0: okay.
2: I had a pair of 19 or no, 16s and 30 and up, but mostly I just stick to, as far as wearing one through 13.
0: See JT, he's retro too, man. See, I'm not All the right. only one. So clearly,
1: I'm not, I'm not in any of you guys' league when it comes to Jordan's. Because I'm for, for basketball, I love anything that LeBron makes. It's comfortable. I got bad feet. And then I always love the Irisness, man. Everybody wants to rock of those. Of course,
0: of course. Rob, let me ask you this. Um, which one do you think's the most important of the Jordan series, of the Air Jordan series? Because I have my opinion on that.
2: I feel like the ones, because that's what got every got the ball rolling on everything. Okay. Because you know, because he wore them and then they were fine them and Nike was paying the fine, you know, and like they said in the documentary, they're you know, only supposed to sell like I don't know, three million, and send about like a hundred and twenty million. <laughs>
0: that's yeah. insane. And you do see guys in football now have cleats tailored to the Jordan, to the Air Jordan ones. Yes. Um, I'll also throw up there the Jordan threes because why is the backstory to it is that until those had come out after the first two pairs mj may have bounced for adidas but then when they came out with the jordan threes they were so good and he he liked them so much that he ended up staying on with nike and they were the first ever to have the visible air the air bubble at the sole. so like it kind of changed the basketball shoe hoop game in a way and kept Jordan with Nike. So I like number one. I like, I like your answer with the ones. And I would also like honorable mention number, number three, as far as the important one. But uh, yeah, I mean the ones are the original, so can't go, can't go wrong there. Um, JT I'm surprised no air Jordans for you, man. I just need a was, shoe guy. I was telling him I've
1: never really been a shoe guy. Um, I thought you, you were, you always, always had, had fresh I,
0: kicks walking around the apartment
1: i know i was i don't know i was more of a i don't know i like tim's when i was young i guess i used to watch a lot of
0: like
1: <laughs> to, like the box and like rap city so i like you know i see the new york dudes with tim's on so i like those and i Tim's like the, I,
2: in florida okay I mean, I that's what i was thinking no, fun, wrong funny,
1: funny story funny story uh, when i was growing up i know we we're from florida but a lot of people used to always go get tim's uh the one thing i think dmx started that for us we wanted to have like those uh those, like, uh, Carmel Tims, like, those were really hard to find. And then, you know, you can get them in different colors. And then we also were wearing buffalinos, too. So those were those were a big deal. Go figure.
0: No Jordans, oh. though. No Jordans. All right. Well, got to get yourself a pair. Nah, right. can't, um, can't, can't,
1: can't, can't break the cycle now.
0: <laughs> they're expensive, too, though. It's ridiculous. Um, so, Rob, if you have some time, we would love to do what we do at the end of most shows is – trivia time this is all based on basically jordan or the bulls in the documentary in some way this is so, where you're in the stripes yes so this is where you're gonna prove that you're the expert but no pressure no pressure i
2: can try i'm, I'm rusty <laughs>
0: but no nah, that's all right it's all in good fun so let's go first rob you get first dibs on it. so the jordan ones um a game worn pair from 1985 or sold recently just last week i believe um, at an auction, do you know how much they sold for? A game one uh, pair from '85. Did you hear about this? Was, was it? They
2: were. I know they were a sample that he had, and there was a nine hundred thousand or something like that.
0: Uh, no, that's a little over. JT, you want to take maybe start?
2: five? Oh, go ahead.
0: That, no, 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 go, 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 ahead, Rob, go uh, ahead, Rob.
1: Go ahead, Rob. There we go.
2: It was either nine or five hundred thousand, maybe five hundred. It was something. It was something astronomical. It was six figures. I know that.
0: It was, it was. You're really close, JT. You want to take a quick stab, but he, Rob's really close with that other guess. Four
1: hundred fifty thousand.
0: Five sixty. Five hundred sixty thousand. Ah, that's crazy, man. It is. It is. Um, so let's do this Jeopardy. Let's do is it Jeopardy style, Price is Right style. Rob, first dibs. So meaning closest one to this answer without going over. Rob, how many buzzer beaters did MJ hit in his career?
2: Oh man. I wouldn't even know where to start. We'll say.
0: We're talking buzzer beaters, not game winning shots, buzzer beaters. Buzzer beaters, uh yes. 12. All right, JT. 20. Man, you're both over, but Rob was the closest. He had nine buzzer beaters.
1: That's why he the expert.
0: Nine buzzer beaters. <laughs> All right, these ones are a little bit easier. A little bit easier.
1: He always said that it's never easy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pippin was third in the MVP voting in 94. Who won the MVP in 94? 94. Let me think. Uh,
2: Logic
1: one? JT, who you got? I got to go with on. That sounds
0: like a good answer to me. It's Elijah on That's why he's our expert. Piggybacking <laughs> off the hard work of others. <laughs> yeah, J- JT loves it. Yeah? I was going to ride the coattails. There we go. Just like when you play on his team at LA Fitness. You ride Rob's coattails. So for the listeners at home, Rob and JT play a lot of hoops together at the LA Fitness and multiple LA Fitnesses down there in, in the Miami area. Um, and that's why I just said JT Rise the tells of Rob. And plus, he believes that, but it's true. <laughs> I do. All right. Next question Rob MJ won five MVPs. Who has won the most with six? Was it Kareem? J2, who you got? Rob it's, says Kareem. I
1: think it's Kareem. I think we just talked about this. We got,
0: we got winners again. See, I told you they would get easier. Nah, you know, you, they you don't make easier. them like this for me. <laughs> So the last part, it's not really a surprise, JT, but guys, came out recently that Tom Brady is going to have a nine-part series called Man in the Arena. Uh, It will be, I believe, through ESPN in 2021. So a nine-part series documentary. Are you guys going to watch it? Nope. Wow. I'll watch it.
2: I'll watch watch it. it, I'll watch it it because I love it. I mean, I love football, so I watch anything
1: like that. I I saw a good comment about that today. Somebody said, I'll watch it if they talk about the cheating. (laughs) But hold on, before we go, can I have have, uh, a trivia question for Rob and you as well? Of course, go ahead. It's sort of Last Dance related. So what player holds the record for most seasons playing all 82 games?
0: I've got what my player go, go ahead mm-hmm. Rob I've got my answer repeat the
1: question what player holds the- what, what player holds the record for most seasons in which they played all 82 games was it John Stockton there we
0: go see that's how you're supposed to do it Ooh, now, I would have been wrong <laughs> I would have been wrong who are you gonna say I, I was debating between AC Green and Kobe
1: I think AC was, was close he had, on the list.
0: He had, like, the longest streak, though, right?
1: Rob, now here's the kicker. How many seasons did he do that?
2: Uh, maybe
1: 15 or 16. My man, 16. There we go. See, that's Woo! why he's the expert. He worked that big money deal. That's why we brought him on.
0: Hey, Rob, make sure JT pays you, buddy, all right? He's the one responsible for...
2: <laughs> All he has to do is just rebound and kick it out ah, to me. That's all see? I got. back doing
0: that. <laughs> there you go. Right in the coattails. JT, just make sure you're Dennis Rodman for, for Rob. Oh, tr- oh, trust me. If I'm
1: not being Dennis Rodman, he'll let me know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> in true MJ form. <laughs> Well, Rob, we do want to say all kidding aside, thank you very much for your time. Great analysis. I love the debate between you and I back and forth. Hope you didn't take it personal, but great just job. Thank you for coming, oh, no, no.
1: Thank you for coming out <laughs> and just making him look bad. I appreciate
0: it. <laughs> well, we hope that that you'll uh, want to come back on in the near future. We'd love to have you back on. Um, so hopefully you'd be down for that at some point in the future. No, for sure. For sure. All right, good, good, and maybe at that point the social distancing will be over. You can head to the Miami studio and make sure that JT hooked you up with a a great green room. All right, make sure you got <laughs> the the right food. For I know sure. the right food. You know the right drinks. Make sure JT takes care of that in the Miami studios for you. All right. Gotcha, gotcha. But JT, great episode. Love having Rob on. Um, and to the listeners out there, thank you for listening. And remember to please subscribe to us, JT in the Don all sports podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and the iHeartRadio app, as well as wherever you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, please leave us a five-star review. And JT. If you don't like what we do, please leave us a five-star review. Also, please follow us on social media, our handle at JT and the Don. We can be found on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So, again, thank you for listening. Thank you to Rob Givens, our special guest for his time and great analysis. JT, great job even to you today. (laughs) i normally don't say that but wanted to throw that in there
1: you're doing a lot of first today which is really scary yep yep i can't i can't i can't afford to have rob on every day to protect me
0: (laughs) too bad can't wait till the next episode so jt with that said jt until the next episode see ya.
1: peace